Welcome again to OpenLink in New Tab, where we start an introductory article and following the interesting hyperlinks to see where we end up. Today, in anticipation of the last season, we're having a Game of Thrones episode. So, I'm starting with A Song of, fire and, of Ice and Fire. Apologies. A Song of Ice and Fire is a series of epic fantasy novels by the American novelist and screenwriter George R. R. Martin. He began the first volume of the series, A Game of Thrones, in 1991, and it was published in 1996. Martin, who initially envisioned the series as a trilogy, has published five out of a planned seven volumes. The fifth and most recent volume of the series, published in 2011, A Dance with Dragons, took Martin six years to write. He is currently writing the sixth novel, The Winds of Winter. A Song of Fire of Ice and Fire takes place on the fictional continents Westeros and Essos. The point of view of each chapter in the story is a limited perspective of a range of characters growing from nine in the first novel to 31 characters by the fifth novel. Three main stories interweave, a dynastic war among several families for control of Westeros, the rising threat of the supernatural others in the northernmost regions of Westeros, and the ambition of Daenerys Targaryen, the deposed king's exiled daughter, to assume the Iron Throne. Martin's inspirations included The War of the Roses and the French historical novels The Accursed Kings. A Song of Ice and Fire received praise for its diverse portrayal of women and religion, as well as its realism. An assortment of disparate and subjective points of view confronts the reader, and the successive survival or point of view of characters is never assured. Within the often morally ambiguous world of a song of ice and fire, questions concerning loyalty, pride, human sexuality, piety, and the morality of violence frequently arise. I was interested that it said um, the threat of the supernatural others uh, which seems more encompassing, so opening that in a new tab gets us to White Walker. Mm, okay. So Martin introduces the others in the prologue of A Game of Thrones, describing them as tall and gaunt and hard as old bones, with flesh pale as milk, and eyes deeper and bluer than any human eyes, a blue that burn like ice. Accompanied by intense cold, they wear armor that seemed to change color as it moved and wield thin crystal swords capable of shattering steel. The others move silently and they speak their own language. Martin writes that their voices are like cr the crackling of ice on a winter lake in a storm of swords. They are shown to be vulnerable to weapons made of dragon glass as Samuel Tarly kills one this way. In A Dance with Dragons, Sam uncovers ancient record fragments which suggest that the others are also vulnerable to something called dragon steel, which he and Jon Snow surmise is another term for valerian steel. Now, I want to know more about valerian steel, but this is something that is not... Uh, hyperlinked. So I am going to the Game of, 
gameofthrones.fandom uh, wiki page. And here we learn that Valyrian steel is a form of metal that was forged in the early days of the mighty Valyrian freehold. When fashioned into bladed weapons, the steel can hold an especially keen edge, remaining sharp forever without the need for honing. Aside from its sharpness, Valerian steel is recognizable by its strength and lightweight in comparison to ordinary steel, as well as by a distinctive rippled pattern visible in blades made from it. Along with dragonglass, Valerian steel is one of the few known substances that can kill white walkers, although this property is not widely known, apparently not even to the white walkers themselves. Since the destruction of Valyria, the majority of the surviving Valyrian steel weapons serve as heirlooms in the various noble houses of Westeros. I'm curious about this Valyrian freehold, which I don't know much about. The Valyrian freehold refers to the area of land controlled by the Valyrians on the continent of Essos, centered around the city of Valyria in the Eponymous Peninsula, the Freehold was the greatest civilization of its time and at the height of its power covered over half the known world. The Rise of Valyria Thought to initially be a modest community of shepherds, the Valyrian rose to prominence 5,000 years ago after they discovered dragons living in the 14 fires, a string of volcanoes in the mountains of their homeland. After taming the mighty beasts, the Valyrian used them to conquer surrounding lands of the Valyrian Peninsula and began expanding outwards. The Giscari Empire, however, sought to halt the Valyrian expansion and declared war on their neighbors from the opposite shore of Slaver's Bay. Massive slave regions marched against Valyria in a series of five major wars, but each time they were defeated. The Freehold's forces then marched on the Giscari capital of Gis and laid waste to it, leaving little more than a smoldering ruin behind and nearly erasing Giscari people and culture from history. Afterward, the Valerian freehold became the dominant civilization in the known world with its own language, religion, and customs. The freehold founded a number of colony cities connected by a network of roads, all which led back to the capital city. Several of these colonies in the West became the Free Cities. They eventually came into conflict with the Reiner city-states along the Rhine River, leading to the Rhinish Wars. The fighting culminated about a thousand years ago with the defeat of Reiner and the destruction of their cities. The refugees of whom eventually settled in Dorne in the southeastern Westeros. A few centuries ago, one of the great families of Valeria, the Targaryens, established the fortress of Dragonstone on an island off the coast of Westeros, using it as a trading outpost for the Valerian freehold. For nearly 5,000 years, Valerian supremacy remained uncontested. However, a catacom cataclysmic event known as the Doom laid waste to the Valerian capital, its people, and its surrounding lands. 
The Valerian Peninsula itself was shattered and the ocean came sweeping in, becoming the smoking sea. Dragons, as well as Valerian, recorded history, spells, and knowledge were lost. With its center of power destroyed, the empire collapsed. Of the mighty families of dragonlords who ruled the Freehold, only House Targaryen survived as it had been established as it had established Dragonstone far from the narrow sea years before the doom. The doom. The doom of Valeria was a catastrophic event that took place nearly 400 years before the War of the Five Kings. It destroyed the city of Old Valeria and devastated most of the Valerian Peninsula. The destruction of its capital city in a single day turned the in turn caused the fall of the entire Valyrian freehold, which for thousands of years had ruled most of Essos. Indirectly, the disaster led to the conquest of the seven kingdoms of Westeros by House Targaryen. It is, simply, it is often simply referred to as the Doom. Due to its massive destruction and historical impact, most people across the world understand that this specifically refers to the disaster which struck Valeria. Um, going back to the rise of Valeria, I wanted to see what else it says about them and what they know. In a section on the same page called In the Books, in the A Song of Ice and Fire novels, Valeria had no single ruler and was neither a kingdom nor an empire. Officially, all of the freeborn landholders, freeholders, had equal say in government. Hence, the formal name of their civilization was the Valerian Freehold. In practice, however, this meant that the freehold was essentially an oligarchy run by wealthy noble families. There were about 40 such families of wealth, high birth, and strong sorceress ability. Known as dragon lords, they were the ones that owned dragons and tended to dominate the rest of the population. The Targaryens were one of these families, but far from the most powerful. Because the situation of powerful families was de facto rather than, than de jure, the dragonlord families were not noble houses as the Westerosi understand them. The freehold not only conquered the Giscari Empire, but also the city-states of Roinar and people established around the Rhoyne River, leading to that people's exodus across the sea to Dorne. The modern free cities, as well as other cities throughout Essos, were established as Valerian colonies and became independent after the freehold was shattered. The major exception to this is the free city of Bravos, located in the extreme northwestern corner of Essos. Bravos was founded by escaped slaves who fled their Valerian captors, and the city remained hidden even long after the doom of Valeria. For this reason, Bravos is thus sometimes referred to as the bastard daughter of Valeria. The Valerians had a strict policy of religious toleration. Everyone in the freehold from dragonlord to slave was free to believe in and practice whatever religion they chose, as long as they fulfilled their duties and paid their taxes. 
In fact, some of the free cities were founded by religious dissidents who found the freehold too tolerant. Allowing such measures was basic good governance on the Valerians' part, and also a means of keeping their large slave population under relative control, meaning placated people were less likely to rebel. The Valerians themselves had their own gods, but the Meisters of Westeros believed that their dragon lords were so arrogant that they considered themselves above any religious affiliation, including their own. And we keep reading about the free cities, so going here, the free cities are nine powerful independent city-states located across the narrow sea from Westeros. They occupy the western end of the massive eastern continent of Essos and are engaged in extensive trade contact with the Seven Kingdoms. The overall range of the free cities in their respective territories is roughly equal in size to the lands of Westeros south of the Neck. Each of the nine free cities has its own unique history and distinctive culture. The nine free cities are Bravos, the most powerful northerly of the free cities, led by the Sea Lord. The city is scattered across numerous islands in a sheltered lagoon connected by bridges and an extensive network of canals. It is home to the influential Iron Bank of Bravos and the secretive assassins guild known as the Faceless Men. The city is noted for its formidable swordsmen, shipbuilding, religious tolerance, and hatred of slavery. Lorath considered the least known and least powerful free city located on an island southeast of Bravos in the Shivering Sea. Lys, located on an island in the Summer Sea close to the Stepstones and protected by a formidable navy. Lys is a city of vice, named for its pleasure houses, which produce the most skilled prostitutes in the known world. Its people tend to be fair-skinned, blonde-haired, and blue-eyed. Mir, a seaport on an arm of the narrow sea known as the Sea of Mirth, noted for its skilled craftsmen and their products, particularly optical lenses and fine lace. Lise and Mir have been bitter rivals for centuries, perpetually fighting over the disputed lands between them. Its people tend to be dusky-skinned and dark-haired. Norvos, a major inland city located on the Noin River northeast of Penthos. It is situated in the hill country in the north of Essos, known as the Hill of Norvos. The bearded priests of Norvos rule over the city as a theocracy. Norvos is renowned for its axes. Penthos, a major seaport, land-based and vulnerable to Dothraki incursions from the continental interior. Among other items, it is frequently noted for its trade in cheeses. Nominally ruled by the Prince of Penthos, true power is controlled by a council of merchant magisters. Kohor, a major inland city located in the immense forest of Kohor near the edge of the Dothraki Sea, east of Norvos on the Coin River. Noted for its immensely skilled blacksmiths who can even reforge Valerian steel. Kohor maintains a garrison of unsullied warrior eunuchs which it buys from Slaver's Bay to defend itself against the Dothraki. Tyrush, a major seaport and mercantile city ruled by the Archon. Tyroshi are known for extravagant clothes, flashy armor, and rich tastes. 
Tyrosh is located on, the, on an island close to the Stepstones and is thus the free city closest to Westeros. Due to its location between the Stepstones, disputed lands in Westeros, it is often seen as a major hub for hiring the service of various professional sellsword companies to serve in the various conflicts in these regions. And finally, Volantis, the southernmost of the free cities and the largest, most populous, and most corrupt, ruled by the triarchs of Volantis. Noted for its immense slave markets, wine, and Valerian traditions, Volantis was originally the most powerful of the free cities, but its strength was sapped in the century of blood, leading to it being narrowly edged out by Bravos. Volantis is built on the main mouth of the immense Rhoyne River, with numerous tributaries of the Rhoyne forming a defensive barrier to the east that protects the city from the Dothraki. The major trade routes from Westeros and the rest of the free cities to lands farther east, such as Slaver's Bay, the Jade Sea, Corth, and Estrai, all pass through Volantis. Thank you for joining me today, and happy binge-watching.